0: This is Curiosity, produced by WDET in partnership with Harkin. This podcast is made possible in part by Michigan Science Center, providing STEM-based learning activities for middle school students. More at mi-sci.org. I'm Quinn Kleinfelter, and this is Curiosity, where WDET answers your questions about all things concerning Metro Detroit. This episode's question comes from listener Dwayne Dobine.
1: After I moved into the Gross Point Farms, I noticed there was also a Gross Point Woods and a Gross Point Shores and a Gross Point Park. And so at that point, I wonder, well, why why are there five separate cities that are of seemingly small size with the same name? I was trying to figure out was there some type of dispute over land, were were they controlled by families or something of that nature? So it's always something that interests me, but I could never really find a good answer on my own.
0: Well, the trail to the truth begins back in Gross Point Farms at a small, well-appointed home that was once set on what's called a ribbon farm, a long narrow slice of farmland typically set beside a body of water.
2: There are a couple things in this house that's extraordinary. We believe it to be the oldest ribbon farmhouse in Gross Point in Detroit circa 1823.
0: Isabel Donnelly is the director of education for the Gross Point Historical Society. She says ribbon farms used to cover the lake shoreline in an original Gross Point area that stretched all the way towards Hamtramck.
2: It was a Gross Point Township, and Gross Point is French for Large Point. So that was for canoemen. There's the point, you know, and the French names. So. so that's where the Ribbon Farm families came out. Then the lumber industry starts in the late 1800s, and they start buying plots of land and building cottages, and that's what changed the landscape from Ribbon Farm to mansions.
0: Donnelly says the Ribbon Farms drew workers to what are now the gross points, while the area's lush landscape became a lure for those with wealth a lure that still remains today. There
2: was the very upper crust, but there's, there's all levels. I am certainly not an upper crust person working in a nonprofit. <laughs> you know, I mean, there are a lot of levels here, but I think it was that early years that Detroit became such a boom city and that so many wealthy people were here and had these huge mansions. So there's always been a group of classes here in Gross Pointe, but the loudest is the mansions. That's what makes all the noise.
0: That affluence brought with it a reputation for exclusivity, that the gross points only wanted a certain kind of resident, ones who were wealthy and respectable. Even Hollywood began portraying the gross points as synonymous with old money snobbery in everything from feature films to the hit cartoon television series, The Simpsons.
1: Look at those stupid city slickers with their fur coats and pointy hats.
2: Homer, those are
1: elk.
0: I still hate them. Go back to Gross Point. <laughs> but the chair of the board of the Gross Point Chamber of Commerce, Kathleen Mullins, says the stereotype of the area as being standoffish is overblown.
2: We
3: know that there's this reputation from long ago that. Grosse Pointe was an exclusive community, and I remember thinking, oh, those Grosse Pointers. But what I see today is a community that is so phenomenally welcoming to individuals. If you want to be part of the Grosse Pointe community, the Grosse Pointe community is really happy to have you here.
0: Mullins also serves as a president and CEO of the historic Ford Estates, including the stone gated Grosse Pointe Shores compound that was once the home of Edsel and Eleanor Ford. It's an example of the wealth that Grosse Points are known for. But Mullin says the Ford family itself is also an example of how even the captains of the auto industry remembered their humble beginnings and worked to help those less fortunate.
3: They didn't have two pennies before that Model T was invented. That came off the line in 1908. Everything about them changed. And instead of saying, it's me, 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 and I'm taking my money and I'm gonna buy myself a great big house, they didn't do that. During the depression, they, and Eleanor paid the salary of the, of the employees at the DIA to keep it open. They started Henry Ford Hospital. This was a hospital for the working class. It wasn't all about me. It was we've been very successful and we have an obligation to support and to share that.
0: Mullen says Eleanor Ford requested that even after her death, the vast estate grounds would be used to benefit the public by hosting events like holiday celebrations and symphony concerts. Outside the mansion, estate researcher Maggie Litt says the carefully crafted landscaping that leads to the edge of a lake is so breathtaking it recently earned the site a designation as a National Historic Landmark.
2: The
3: lake, you don't see an end to the lake. You see the skyline. The lake changes color every day. They chose to come out here because of the
0: solitude. But why did officials in the Gross Points choose to split the area into five separate municipalities? The woman with the answer to the mystery is Gross Point Historical Society researcher Pam Scanlon.
1: The rich people from um, Detroit would come to Gross Point when the weather was nice, and uh, they would come and have a good time. Of course, naturally, alcohol... Adult beverages were part of the uh, scenario. Then they had some trouble in 1880s on the subject of alcohol. Some people wanted it, some people did it, because it was ruining
0: their lovely
1: homes, especially in the farms. So they decided to
0: split. Beyond creating dry and wet communities, Scanlon says the points began to carve an identity separate from the then-booming auto capital of the world.
1: Gross Point Park was part of the township, and Fairview was on the other side of Alter Road, while well, the city of Detroit was annexing all sorts of uh, property for the city. Fairview was annexed, and Gross Point Park did not want to be part of it.
0: So they became
1: a village at Grosse Pointe Park.
0: Scanlon says after World War II, officials in the nearby village of Lockmore decided to grab a bit of the point's growing cachet and transformed itself into Gross Point Woods, she says a few years ago, voters in Gross Point Shores changed it from a village to a city to create a new governing and tax structure officials said would be more cost-effective. And so, there you have it, Duane Dobine. The Gross Points originally began dividing into separate cities because of concerns over the demon rum.
1: No way. That is very interesting. I would have never thought that with the area with the affluent reputation that it actually started based on liquor.
0: If you are thirsting to know something about the metro region, let us know about it by going to WDET.org slash curious. I'm Quinn Kleinfelter. WDET's Curiosity is supported by Michigan Science Center. More at mi-sci.org.